Welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is free. It's episode 137 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. I'm your host tonight. I'm Colin Armstrong. Uh, as I say every week, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jersnet. Uh, we have the forums. We've got articles, match previews, match reviews, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a history, a history archive on the website uh, as well as Frankie's social media. So have a wee look at that. Uh, if, if, the first time you've listened to the pod, we'd ask you to subscribe and, and uh, on our YouTube channel. Put the message out there on social media. Let people know that we're here. Uh, approaching 4,500 subscribers. I think we're over that now, actually, 4,500 subscribers. So we're doing well. So thanks to everyone who's subscribed so far. We're live tonight. Uh, it's a Sunday night. We have pumped Celtic 4-1 today. Uh, and you have no idea how difficult it was no getting pushed. Before I came on the show tonight, uh, I've, I've been wanting to party, but I can't do it. So we're live tonight, uh, but the pod will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, uh, and Spotify, all the usual places, uh, guys. Now to bring in my, my two guests for tonight, uh, we've got Ross Bennett and Stuart Weir. Uh, Ross, how are you? Now you say it's it, it's difficult to not get pissed and not have a wee party after that result. I'm yeah, still getting over my hangover from the the Champions episode that we did about nine weeks ago now. Um, and if anyone's not listened to that, please do go. But actually, please don't go back and listen to it because um, I might go sure. back and listen to it one day and see what I said. Um, <laughs> but look, I don't. I, you want to do that? I had a watch it. Uh, oh I, I would let that go. <laughs> I know a shocker. Listen, a phenomenal day. I really, um, uh, and we'll get into it. But but such an enjoyable day. The the one thing I'd like to say, if I may, just for a couple of seconds before we get started. Um, so some some friends of my family, a, a chap called Dougie Coombs, passed away this week. Um, a big Rangers fan, season ticket holder. His dad passed away six weeks ago. Again, so a really, really tough time for that family. Um, so that, to everyone in the Coombs family from, from Brayside, um, to Colin and to Barbara, days like today, that's for you, that's for the Rangers family. And, and we hope that that can, that can put a smile on your face. Um, a, a fantastic day today, Colin. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I quite enjoyed the fact that it's an early kickoff and we can enjoy the afternoon as well. I know you do look forward yeah. to watching Liverpool. Um, yeah, hi, that, was an interesting, that was an interesting day. I never well, had that pleasure today, but um, <laughs> a, a really, really enjoyable day. I think after it's been a weird anti, not anti climax since we won the league, that's, that's the wrong word for it, but a wee bit of a lull the last four or five weeks. Um, so to come back and, and put that performance in today, fantastic. You know what my afternoon was like? Uh, have you ever seen that episode of Still Game where, where Winston wins all the money? Aye. And he's trying to think of things he can spend on and us demon in his head is going, you can go to the bookies. <laughs> well, I was, I was like, the, the final whistle went, I'm like, right, I've got, I've got like six hours before I'm on air, so I, I, I can't go mental. So I could go for a walk. I'll go for a walk. I could sit and watch it. You could have some cans. Eh? Eh? You know what I mean? It was just like cans, <laughs> cans. I'm like, no, no, I better not. So I allowed myself a couple, uh, but I've, I've, I've abstained. But that that will not be the case the minute I'm off air. The minute I'm off air, I'm having like a three-year party of myself. Uh, and, and going back for it. Uh, Stuart, how's your afternoon been? Yes. Uh, would, would, you, would you try to avoid the cans as well? Pretty pretty enjoyable. <laughs> um, no, actually, I was, um, I've, I've acquired a taste for uh, Copperberg cider, um, the the rosé cider, which is very nice when it's nearly minus 32 two degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so I have a few bottles of that this afternoon just to... Um, take away the thirst. Um, just, just when, just when Ross mentioned there about that date about nine weeks ago, um, the the champion, the unofficial championship weekend, so to speak. Um, it, it was the first podcast where anybody listening to it would probably have needed subtitles just to make out what Ross was actually saying. It was almost like a book would come attached to it just so you could read what he was actually trying to say. But we've all been there at some point in time and uh, just just to continue to uh, to celebrate and enjoy yourself whenever the need you know the need arises. That's very kind. Very I'm, kind. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm 
<laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> and we'll all be there again in two ah, weeks' time when, when Tav gets handed that trophy. A hundred percent. I'm dreading that show. It'll just be an absolute hour of debauchery. I don't even think we'll be talking about the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> anyway, right, let's actually talk about the game. Uh, it was, I mean, it's, Ross, I'll come at you first. It's the biggest win. Uh, that, that they've had over over the the Mankey mob over the road there. I think it's since two thousand and one, and it's also the first time of you know we've been through the season undefeated against them. Sort of, I, th- I think it was the same season. I think it was Advocates season, uh, the season before O'Neill arrived, uh, and I think that the, the last time was the four 0 game. I was there that day. I was in the Copeland Road that day, and it was four going on seven or eight. Uh, but I mean. <sighs> I mean, a proper pump in the day. I'm a, I'm a wee bit disappointed we couldn't get maybe one or two more. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll take four. But it, it's, you know, three years ago this month or this week even, I think it is, you know, we were getting absolutely hosed over the road, you know, 5 now uh, for Celtic to win the league. You know, and three years later, the roles are completely reversed. They're, they're going out with no trophies. You know, obviously we've we've been a wee bit disappointing in the cups, but we're we're, we're home and we've been home and hosed in the league for two months. I mean, how remarkable a turnaround is that in, in the sort of period that, that Stephen Gerrard's been here? It is it, it is quite staggering, um, and and I think to to appreciate the the enormity of that, you do have to try and take a step back from the passion of Scottish football and the passion of the old firm. And and try and look at it as a as a sporting exercise academically and say this is how far behind we were, this is how much of an advantage and how much of a dominance that they had. And you, you think about the context of their one and only challenger being out of the league for four years and and the wounding that we took and the finances that they had access to from the Champions League year after year after year. And when you, you when you try and consider it in that non passionate non emotional context, and you look at that swing over the last three seasons. Um, it is staggering because I, I'm sure that the three of us on this call tonight were all probably um, unfortunate spectators of one of those pumpings that they dished out to us over that that period. Whether it's the five nils and the four ones, or the cup finals or the cup semi-finals, and all of those, all of those really, really disappointing and difficult defeats that we all endured. Um, well, actually, today, days like today, seasons like this season have have really, really made up for that. The, the swing that we've had is staggering and that's down to a couple of things. That's down to having a, an ownership that have taken the time to understand the problems of the club and address the problems of the club. That's down to a management team that have identified the playing weaknesses and addressed those over, over the course of three seasons. Yeah. Um, and again, the ownership that have given the management team the time to do that and the space to do so. And and on the inverse side, on the opposite side, it's down to almost the exact mirror at the other side of the city, an ownership that doesn't care and has been lackadaisical and lazy and complacent and a management team that is utterly incompetent. And that's how we've that's how we've made this this swing, this um this turnaround. It is quite the transformation. They have a hell of a rebuilding job on and we pumped them today. We absolutely pumped them. And I was look, I was saying to Frankie just before we came on air. They started well. Let's. You know, I'm sure we'll go into this in a bit more detail when it comes to the game. They started well. They looked dangerous, they, and, they had, and they had chances in the second. They had half chances well. in the second yeah. half as well. Elianusi should have scored. Um, uh, Mother will uh, Turnbull should have scored. Um, they had chances. We were clinical. They're not as bad a side, maybe as as some would have you believe. If they could finish chances, they'd be a decent side. Um, but we were better. And we fully deserved that. And we did. We pumped them when it came to being clinical and finishing chances. So a really, really satisfying day that goes a long way to, to making up for some of the wounds that yourself, me, Stuart, and everyone listening to this podcast has, has suffered over the last seven years. <laughs> and we have suffered. I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was about three years ago that we started the pod. You know, it was, I think it was like a couple of weeks after we started it. It was the, you know, we got a couple of pumpings in quick succession and, I went back uh, a while ago and, and listened to one of those ones, and you can tell that we got pumped. Like everyone's just hello, welcome to the Cheers Network. <laughs> it's like three episodes in, and already we want to bin the idea. It's like no, we don't idea this anyway. And then obviously Gerard arrives a couple of weeks later, and, and things pick up. Uh, Stuart, uh, uh, myself and David, we we done the preview on Friday night uh, for the game today, and we we came out with two teams. 
Uh, one had uh, a rebo in the middle of the park and, and roof starting in the front three. The other one had uh, roof not starting at all with a rebo in the front three and, and Scott Wright coming in. Both of were kind of leaning towards the, the, the option we Scott Wright in the middle three, but, but Gerrard's went the other way. I, I must admit, I was a wee bit disappointed when, when, when I saw the team. I thought, because I've just not been convinced with Roof recently. I, I, I just think he's in and out of the team. I think injuries have caught up with him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not commenting as a player. I just mean in terms of form. I think he's been out of form. I think he's an excellent player. Uh, so I was a wee bit disappointed. Celtic went four four two again. You know, uh, Ellen and Edward up front with this diamond with Brown at the, the sort of start of it and and Tumble at the tip, and I think that does cause us problems. But you would have to say that uh, you know Gerard yet again he's, he's, he's been proved right, especially with Ruth. I mean, Ruth's performance and contribution today uh, was outstanding. So you would have to say yet again uh, he, he's got the team selection right. One hundred percent right, and it was also a, a, a formation that, whilst you, you're right in saying that Celtic started well, and it is a formation uh, and, a, and a setup that's caused Rangers a degree of difficulty um, this season. I think you also have to look at Stephen Gerrard believing that tactically and in terms of the team that he has prepared he fancies his team and his formation and the players that he backs to be able to go toe-to-toe with Celtic and win the game whether it's on a footballing basis or it just turns into an absolute shit fight he reckons that his team can actually win that kind of game and and he was proved to be to be correct. I think what Roof playing up front or in a, in a, a you know in a former position gave Rangers today was the ability to to give the Celtic defence or the Celtic backline back an absolute runaround. That and you could see it in different different aspects of the game. There were times where you had maybe a Rangers player and there wasn't a and this is before even the sending off there wasn't a Celtic player anywhere near him sometimes you had two Rangers players and not a Celtic player near them because they didn't know whether to commit and go and man mark and and but they were feeling as if they were being dragged out of position which gave Rangers actually time to to make different different runs and if you look at especially I would say the third goal and watch the build up from that Roof is is wide left one one minute, 30 seconds later, he's almost in centre midfield. Then he lays another ball out and then he makes a run into the box and nobody picks him up uh, to such an extent that actually two Celtic defenders go towards the ball and he, he basically just goes into the space and gets a free header. And you can see with that movement what Stephen Gerrard has been trying to achieve and what he tried to achieve today. And at what on other days you'll be hypercritical um, that it didn't work, but t- today it worked. And and just in the mention of the, the the teams and the formations and the lineups, I tweeted earlier on, you know, that, that Celtic set out this season with the ambition of making it ten in a row, and the ten they finished with today was Bain, Kenny, Welsh, Ayer, <laughs> Taylor, Sorrow. Christie, Turnbull, Elinousi and Johnson. There is not a person in Scottish football, be it a Rangers fan or a Celtic supporter or a pundit or an expert who at the start of this season would have gone to a date in May for the final Old Firm game and said that that would be the team that Celtic finished the season with in Old Firm matches. Not a hope in hell's chance would you have picked that. And I think that this afternoon, you know, Celtic got a chasing today, but I think going into next season, I think there's a, a whole load of people suddenly recognising that the, the rebuilding job that has to take place across Glasgow is one that's probably going to take time. If, 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 if they get it right in one season, will have done an absolutely incredible job. But I think whoever comes in to take over the, the job at Celtic 
finds himself in much the same situation as Steven Gerrard did three years ago. And it will take time, it will take money, it will take a bit of diligence and, and a bit of determination. But Celtic were not even, okay, they were in the same same pitch, but metaphorically, they weren't even in the same the same ball game as Rangers today. Well, they're, they're not in the sort of same uh, area as in the league. That's 23 points ahead now. Just can't see them. Can't see them anyway. Those kind of stats <laughs> don't lie, though. Those kind of oh, stats don't lie. That that has been built up over an accumulation over the season. Rangers' home record, you know, utterly sensational in the league, be it games won or uh, goals conceded. And the rest of the season, they've gone and, and picked off teams away from home as well. All in all, this is as... as as much of a, 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 as you called it earlier, a hosing as any team has given the other in a, in a hell of a long time. Ross, the Alan McGregor again, you know, I mean, it, it, it does it a lot, you know what I mean? And it, and it, it, it does it in the big games. And, and yet again, a, another great save, you know, it's, it's one for distance and I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that even if he hadn't got his fingertips to it, that it would have, uh, you know, snuck in under the bar, but again, it's just having that confidence and and knowing that when the big moments come, he's that he's there. Yeah, confidence. I think confidence is 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 absolutely the right word. But and belief. You know that that must yeah. give the defenders belief. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So it gives it gives the defenders belief, and I think it gives the defense um, a bit of. I don't know. It, it allows them to play the way that they want to play. If if, if Conor Goldson wants to stride forward, if Barisic and Tav want to bomb forward down down the wings, it, it, it means that they can do that with a bit of belief and a bit of comp- uh, confidence that, that, that we have McGregor there to fall back on. And he was called upon twice today. He was called upon for the Elianusi shot, which he dealt with superbly and displayed uh, athleticism that I certainly couldn't do. Uh Oh, I don't believe that. No, I know. I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. We'll display that on, on Jair's Night After Hours. There'll be me trying to do that save. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it, is, that it, the, so, is that on the Patreon site? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, exactly. That's on my OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of athleticism that you've kind of come to expect. And that's, that's the thing. You, you almost start to underplay these saves from McGregor because it's like, it's just every time. It's every single time. Um, he's been a wonderful asset he deserves another year um, th- that boy deserves to play for as long as he thinks he can play and uh, I think he's been I think he's been superb the other time that he was called upon was when their um, their full back John Joe Kenny made an arse of a cross um, <laughs> and, it, and it could have gone in and that, yeah. by the way that's the only thing he's done since he arrived in Glasgow um, is, is make an arse of a cross and nearly scored the goal and <laughs> uh, and he's again. He's he's been alert and he's made the save. I just think he was so composed today. He, uh, uh, Gerard, I can't remember which game it was, but a couple of weeks ago, Gerard after the after the game said, "I'm bored of talking about McGregor." And as uh, we're kind of at that point on the pod now, every week yeah. we're saying, "Isn't isn't McGregor great?" I <laughs> McGregor's great. He is, and it, it it's almost become run of the mill that McGregor's going to do that because that was again that could have been a really pivotal moment. I think at that point it was nil nil. They still had eleven men. Could have been a different outcome. Wouldn't he have been we're the better side? So it's fine. But um, ach, another big moment. Anyway. That'd have been friend too. Uh, <laughs> no, no, the point the point that Ross makes there that was nil nil at the time. If that had gone in. And I actually think it would have gone in. You know, I don't think it was. I, I don't think that was that was missing. I think that was going in. Um, he gets fingertips to it. It's when he makes that save. It's nil nil. If that goes in, Rangers are suddenly chasing the game, a goal down, and they have they have struggled at times this season when they've they've gone a goal down. McGregor, this, that that wasn't a save that has earned Rangers a point or earned them three points that was a save that made the task easier this afternoon and and what a save I've said it for weeks probably months he is my Rangers player of the year bar none simply because he he has made those saves on so many 
you know, so many occurrences. And and the fact that you're starting to now downplay it, that you know, even Stephen Gerrard is saying I'm getting bored talking about him. It's it, it, it's a, a it must be fantastic to know that as a defender when you're beaten, you're still turning around to see your goalkeeper making saves that he shouldn't make. I see you, Alan McGregor, Alan McGregor for Player of the Year, and I raise you, Stephen Davis. But that's a, that's a debate for for another day. Uh, Stephen Davis is, is my player, and there was one moment today that tackle he put in oh, the yeah. box. Oh, it's just thirty-six year old, and I know what's where it runs from. He, sprints, he comes from nowhere. You know what I mean? Prints from the halfway line or just yeah. inside his own half. He he does not ease up. He is if he had pulled a hamstring or done a calf muscle or whatever it might have been. It mattered not a jot. He was getting back to that point where he could actually make that yeah, tackle. tackle. Yeah, and nah. as you say, a 36-year-old busting his dangly bits to get back to make that tackle shows you everything you need to know about, one, him as an individual, and two, what he puts into that team. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there was two or three moments of David Davis. I mean, when it, when he sent Scott Brown out to get the evening times as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, he has, he's a class of often. I, I think there's numerous candidates for player of the year. Uh, but for me, for me, I, w- I would, I would give it to Davis. Uh, sure. Uh, sticking with yourself here, the, the, the first goal, uh, I mean, you would have to say, I saw a good, I saw a good clip yesterday. Was it yesterday? Someone posted it on Twitter. It was, it was something for Soccer M recently. And it was at some amateur game, you know, a guy's went up for a heater, he's, he's landed on his arse and fell on his back, and, and as the balls came to him, he's basically used his belly to, <laughs> you know, put the ball on. A perfect sort of belly pass on his, his pal who ran onto it, right? And, uh, well, it, it wasn't his belly, but, I mean, how Roof put that ball in the day, it was, it was borderline genius, you know what I mean? To, to react as quickly as that, because it's, it's Ken, sort of, sclaps the shot, you know, and it's not going to his feet. He can't get down, you know, to get his head in it. To just, you know, it, it's so clever just to change the direction of the ball. And and Scott Bain, you know, he, he can't react to that. Because when, when it goes behind, you know, Scott Bain's looking at the ball going into where Roof is. He doesn't know where it is, so he doesn't know where it's going to come from. You know, and he just changes the direction. I thought it was a, a, a superb finish. As a goalkeeper, when you're watching that and it's coming in, you're saying there, there are there are basically two things that you're watching for. One is Roof controlling it on his chest and deciding then if he's going to lay it off again or what side he's going to turn and have a shot on. Or is he going to really try and do something outrageous and, and try and do is basically just to align his um, his chest like a runoff area and a, a, an angle to steer it into the corner and as a goal you, use the word, you, know, you can use the word genius at any point in time but for a striker there were guys one or two guys te- sent text to me who are paid to score goals and, and um, are strikers who who basically were saying that was verging on genius what he did but the goalkeeper's in a, a decent enough position to make a save but because of that just that split second where all he's done is angled angled his chest yeah. to get the ball to run across his body and into the corner was was a, an absolute you know bit, bit of genius and it also it's also the kind of goal that you look at and you say they've scored when there was a threat, but not the kind of threat that we expected. And and that uh, psychologically was as damaging, I would say. And then what what followed within, you know, twenty seconds thereafter. But that was that was almost like game set and match. On what, what followed later, Ross, uh I, I missed the sending off uh, and I was about to go to Twitter. And, and a rage saying, why was McGregor not sent off until I noticed the wee red bit under Celtic in the, in the top right-hand corner? Because uh, me, me and the boy were, were jumping about celebrating. And then when I watched the replay, I'm like, why is McGregor not being sent off for that? I'm about to go to Twitter, and then I'd looked up and I'm like, no, they are down to 10 men. Uh, now, John Kennedy, very, very vocal afterwards, uh, saying that, you know, 
Uh, was it Nick Walsh? He, he, you know, he got yeah. the first booking wrong. I disagree, Ross. I, I, I think the first one's a booking, especially when you, you consider what uh, Simpson was booked for very early on, which was next yeah. to nothing. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even taking Simpsons out of the equation, you know, uh, Ryan Kent's done him through the legs. McGregor's came through, swiped a leg at him, caught him. To me, that was a booking. I don't think there was any doubt about that booking. And the second one, there's absolutely no doubt about the booking. You know, he's he's, he's, he's out of control and he's yeah. late. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it being a sending off. And I would actually, if I, 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 was, I was quite impressed with Stalin Petrov today as a, as a pundit. I thought he was Aye. really, really fair and, and came across very, very well. You know, and I thought he was right. If, if, if I was a Celtic supporter, I'd be saying, that's Callum Gregor. He's, what, 26, 27-year-old, something like that. I expect more from mm-hmm. someone who's been, you know, touted as a, as, as a future Celtic captain. To, yep. to, to get two yellows so cheaply, and to then put his team in Stuck uh, pretty poor. And for John Kennedy to, to sort of suggest that it wasn't a red uh, is even poorer, in my opinion. Have you, have you ever seen anyone who sums up always cheated, never defeated FC as much as John Kennedy? Yeah. I mean, it's every well, time... Lennon, Lennon's pretty good at it, isn't it? You know? I, Lennon, ugh, Lennon, Lennon will go on the overly offensive and, you know, have a press conference and, and, and really viciously have a go at folk whilst defending himself John Kennedy just comes out and he says well you know it, it wasn't a red card and there, there there you go of course it was a red card of course it was a red card I mean look at look at both of those incidents objectively they were both yellow cards and again yeah you can you can bring in the the Jack Simpson one which was soft and as soon as that booking for, for Jack Simpson happened you went Christ here we go Nick Walsh first old firm He's no up to it, or he's 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 panicking. He's being rash. I thought Nick Walsh at that incident, letting the letting the um, the advantage go, go led to the yeah, goal. Yeah, Fantastic, yeah. and actually, you know, we've we've all been critical of referees, of course we have, and and, and rightly so over the last three seasons. Um, fantastic piece of refereeing to let that go, and and um, should be commended for that. To then go back and, and send the boy off is actually relatively courageous, I think, because he he knew. It would be easy for a ref to say, look, they've got the goal. Let's just let that just go. Let it go. Let yeah. it go. It's not a big deal. He knew that he'd be getting called out in the press afterwards. And he was. As soon as the final whistle went, Kennedy's there and you know, saying it shouldn't have been a red card. That first, The first yellow where Kennedy's saying ah, he never went to ground and Ryan Kent got there first and that's all it was. Well, uh, aye. He never went to ground and Ryan Kent got there first and then you cleaned the boy out and it's a yellow. Yeah. That's it. There's, there's, there's no two ways about it. So I think it's classic John Kennedy who is becoming more and more odious with every passing game. Um, it's good refereeing to allow that passage of play to go on and still go back and send the boy off. Um, was disappointed to see Jack Simpson get the yellow cards, but other than that, I actually thought all things considered, Nick Walsh had a decent game. Um in that I don't actually remember too much else that that, that happened or too many other contentious decisions from the ref. And and, and I think that's probably a, a pass mark in an old firm game. When it comes to the goal itself, if um, a wonderful move, of course, wonderful goal. And if Alec Anderson was here, we'd be asking him, when was the last time a Rangers player scored off his tip? Um, yeah. Because he would know that. Uh, I'm afraid I don't know that, so I am keeping my eye on the YouTube was comments. That, was that singular there, off his tit or off his tits? Because <laughs> I can, I can answer. I can answer. Two very different questions. So I, can answer, I can answer. I can answer. the second one first. No. <laughs> off, off one tit. Because um, I don't know who that would have been. I'm sure someone will. So if you can leave us that comment, well, it's bound be to be Derek Johnson because he was quite, you know, well built in that area. Sure. Aye. Aye, so am I. Um, but a, a, a lovely piece of a lovely piece of play, a lovely goal. Good refereeing to let it go. Good refereeing to go back and send the boy off. Um, John Kennedy get it right up you I mean it's uh, there's not much else to say John Kennedy John Kennedy's wrong the Aye. first one is an absolute stonewall booking it would be a booking whether it was East Fife against their broth or whoever it would be that would be a booking and he got it totally wrong the second one if you watch it that you ha- I, I, and I have witnessed it and we've all seen it that could have been a straight red card that could have been a straight red card, never mind a second booking. And the fact that Nick Walsh, who, and I criticise referees inside, out and back to front, that was 
that was almost like your first, your initial thought is, what is he doing? And then the goal scored, and quick as a flash, McGregor's already turned around and looked at him because he knows he's going off. He knows he's going off, and that I mean, it takes a bit of it takes a bit of metal to actually say this is the decision I'm going to make because there are other referees and we know who they are who would have looked at that and immediately blown the whistle just, they would still have administered a red card but just so they could get that red card out of their pocket and make that decision they would have done that first and foremost and to hell with the game or whether Rangers have got any advantage so well done to Nick Walsh I'll not be saying that probably in another you know, three months but today, well done. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think the, the point that Ross makes, you know, it's hard to think of other, any other big things that he got wrong. I, I, I still think the booking on Simpson was was really, really poor and it made me fear for Simpson a wee bit because I thought he had quite a, an uncomfortable day and you're just thinking one, you know, one missed time tackle and it, and it could be in trouble, but no, we, we managed to get through it. Guys, before we go on, I, I, need, to, I need to mention uh, one of our partners. Uh, it's football prizes. So if you fancy the chance to win uh, a Scott Wright signed and framed Rangers shirt, then uh, get yourself on to footballprizes.co.uk and Frankie's obviously, he'll he'll put the, the word out there on Twitter, he'll tweet about it this week. Uh, so tickets for this are £4.95, there are 99 tickets available, I'm not sure how many are left at the moment, uh, but the closing date is this Wednesday, Wednesday the 5th of May at uh, 8.30, so you've got Two days, 21 hours and 27 minutes exactly uh, to, to buy your ticket. £4.95. That's some egg timer you've got. I'll tell you, tell you. I'm not telling you how I've done that. It was, it was, all, it was all automatic up there. It was all in my head. What is it now? Right, so, so £4.95, as I said, 99 tickets left uh, uh, by Wednesday, this Wednesday, 5th of May. If you fancy a chance of winning that, uh, right, guys. Next thing on the agenda, sure that you know, you know, the Celtic equaliser. I, I thought Simpson was caught a wee bit on his heels, you know, and I, I heard some people sort of criticising Barisic as well. Uh, but I've watched that a couple of times, and I think Connor Goldson actually blocks him. I think he's chasing, he's, he's following Edward's run, but uh, it, the penalty box is so crowded, his own player blocks him, and, and all of a sudden it's it's one each. We reacted well to it though, you know, Roof uh, had, a, had, a, had a good chance, uh, Arebo had a good chance as well, you know, right after Celtic equalised, and then Morelos, you know, scored, you know, not Meg Scott Brown, <laughs> Could, couldn't have asked for anything better really, uh, smashed it in the top cor- corner, uh, Ayer, you know, shat it essentially and ducked out the rod of it. So he's went from no goals in, in old firm games or Glasgow derbies, as, as they like to refer to them as. Uh, to two goals and three, and it, it was again. It was good to see. Um, the 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 incident for the equaliser. I think Simpson was just out muscled. He was bullied. He's he, he, he's gone from being in a position where he can defend to suddenly being behind Ayer when he actually goes for the header. And just after that, it was a free kick that Celtic had won. There was a bit of jostling, and it was Ayer and Simpson again in the box, and. Goldson came across and marked Ayer, which was good to see because we've seen that you know in the past where you have you have senior figures within the Rangers team reluctant to do somebody else's job, you know, and and not do their own. So he did well there. Uh, Morelis's goal, you know, it, it, it's one of these ones where the guy has really struggled to to get a goal against Celtic, and all of a sudden he's scoring for fun. But that. I mean, forget Ayer not being brave enough to put his head in there or, you know, and I heard, I heard it on, on, on TV um, that Scott Bain, could Scott Bain have done better? No, he couldn't have done better. Not from that range, not with the velocity that ball was struck with. That was an absolute howitzer of a finish. And so much so when you're watching it on TV, and initially I thought he'd actually missed it and it hit the side net and or I couldn't actually believe it going right into the roof of the net. It was an absolutely fantastic finish. He kept his he kept his composure, he kept his head. Um but he scored that goal at a time where Rangers I think were angry as a team that they'd actually lost a goal and conceded a goal and that Celtic were back into it. 
and they were they were determined they were going to take the lead again, and I, and I just thought it was a, an element of composure from Morelos. But the finish, listen, I, I'm not going to add anything to it or argue with anybody. Nobody was stopping that. You could have another defender on the line where he put it between that and the goalkeeper and the crossbar, and they wouldn't have stopped it. So, absolute quality finish. I have to say it was it, it made me quite nostalgic. I was I was at a game in 1989 at Love Street and Ian Ferguson scored an absolute cracker. And it's famous for the, the ball boy behind the goal ducking as the ball hits the net. The ball boy thinks he's he's gonna take it in the coupon and he and he ducked. <laughs> and seeing Ayer doing something similar the day, it took me back to that day in uh, in Love Street in nineteen eighty. Ayer was a ball boy at Love Street. <laughs> It was it was just paying homage to him the days, you know, just remembering him. That's what it reminded me of. I'm getting what out bus, of the road of that. What bus did he get to pay? For? <laughs> well, I was on the Cayman bus that day, so uh, <laughs> it was maybe on my bus. I don't know. Uh, Ross, uh, uh, the, the the third goal, Roof second. Now, I, I think we need to sort of, you know, give Roof a bit of credit because David and myself were, were speaking about him on Friday. I know both is, but I sort of agree. He's he struggled recently, you know what I mean, he's not looked the same player since he's came back from injury he's just had no sort of he just hasn't had a run in the team, you know, he's in for two or three games and he's out again and I thought it, it looked like that in some of his performances, you know, he, he, he just wasn't showing that sort of form that he was, I thought sort of between November and New Year, you know the, the end of December, for about six weeks, that's when we, we saw the best of Ruth and I don't think we've really seen that since the turn of the year until today. I, I thought today he was outstanding. And his second goal was a perfect example of that. As Stuart said earlier on, you know, he picks the ball up outside the box, does a wee sort of Cruyff turn, puts it out to, to Barisic, and then doesn't, doesn't stay on his feet, you know, goes in. And the minute Barisic put the cross in, you know, I'm off the couch shouting to my boy, that's in, you know, because you can see the trajectory of the ball. You can see Roof's going to meet it. And it's just about whether he puts it far enough either side of being for it to go in and sure enough he did so I think he deserves a lot of credit today and it, and it was it was a good finish a good goal what, that he was heavily involved in yeah definitely I actually I, um, look after, after the after the game today he's done interviews with Sky Sports he's done interviews with Rangers TV and in both of those interviews he's kind of referred to the last little period not going his way both on the park and off the park Park. And I know that off the park he's had to deal with his fair share of the racial abuse that's been yeah, yeah. spouted at our players. And it, it could be that that, I mean, absolutely naturally and understandably that that's really affected him. It could be that there's other stuff going on, we don't know. Um, but he definitely did allude to some off the park problems or he's not feeling 100% in whatever way. So that might go some way to explaining performances on the park, but I absolutely agree. The second half of the season, which has been stuttered with injuries and suspensions um, after karate kicking a guy in the face, probably deserved a suspension for that. Um, mm. It's uh, maybe Bob not. Bob was there to be one, in my <laughs> opinion. But anyway, <laughs> um, maybe it's, I come it, from a different era, but there I'm, we go. I'm one of these millennial snowflakes. <laughs> um, it's. It hasn't been an ideal first season for the boy, and yet he scored what is it, sixteen goals or something? Um, and he's he's I mean, shown it, his quality. He's actually got a better strike rate than Morelos in terms Aye, of goals per it, minute and all that. So, so there you go. It's um, staggered. That's the problem. It is. It is staggered, and he's. It's not been an overly successful last couple of months for him. Um, and I was actually I was texting David Wren, um, Jersnet podcast eye candy David Wren. And I was speaking to him earlier during the, the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes of the game, saying something. Yeah, anything you're some, going to say about Roof now, there's there's no one's going to take it. No. There's no credit in what you're saying anymore <laughs> after describing David Wren as eye candy. But anyway, on you go. Relative eye candy compared to relative the rest of eye candy. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I was sort of saying to him like something up with Roof, and he's he just seems half a yard off. I even thought that first fifteen minutes today, it just he almost wasn't clicking. And as soon as he gets that first goal, which was an exceptional moment of quality from him, and um, as soon as that goal goes in, there was a change in him. And it was confidence or it was something and he was sharp again. And that his second goal, Rangers' third goal, it was wonderful the way he lays the ball off to Barisic and he bursts a gut to get into the box. And there's actually, if um, after the game, I like to check out the the photos from, from Willie Vass. So if you go on Willie Vass's website and you have a look through the pictures of the game, there's two pictures of Ruth jumping to win that header and he's in acres of space. 
right? He's miles of space and it's, it's, it's wonderful photos. You see the way that he's found that space. Barisic's ball in is exceptional. It's, it, it, and it just, it all works. And it's a really beautiful goal to watch because it's, it's a given goal and it's a one-two and it's, it's a fantastic goal. Um, it, it, it's kind of poetic and it's, it's quite, it flows really nicely. It's, it's, it's a really lovely goal. I think actually all four of the goals today were, were really special in a way. You know, you've got Roof scoring off his chest. You've got Morelos nutmegging Scott Brown and lashing it in the top corner. You've got a really nice give and go movement into the box and a free header um, rising above everyone else. And then you've got a, an individual moment of quality from Defoe. They're all very different, but they're all top quality goals. And um, that one from Roof, I was really pleased to see him score. I was really pleased to see him score twice. And I think you could see actually in his comments after the game that it meant a lot to him today. Yeah, so yeah. really pleased. He's also been added to a list. Uh, sorry, Stuart. He's also been added to a list. I don't know if you've seen it. Someone put out a list of players. Uh, that have scored in all firm games since the last time Lee Griffiths scored. You know, so the amount of Rangers, so it's like Ryan Jack, Tavernier, Golton, Morelos, all these players. It's like 10, 12 players that have all scored since the last time that Lee Griffiths scored a goal against Rangers. So, yeah, and that's a, that's a prestigious list to be on. Sorry, Stuart. No, no, I, I was only going to say, uh, just to kind of reiterate what Ross was saying there, I think, I think Roof is a, a momentum player. I think he... He gets he gets into a game by either having a touch or doing something particularly well, and he builds off that. When he hasn't done anything like that, he could just drift through a game. Um, I know he might weigh the ball up or, or go and chase a ball, but when he's actually been active and actually has played a part in the game, I th- honestly think he's a guy where you can actually see him build a head of steam up yeah. During a game, and because it's it's you know it's it's been um, his season has been so you know punctuated by injuries and being dropped and being drafted in and and Stephen Gerrard making certain changes and the likes, it's difficult to get that kind of momentum going. But I, I thought it was exceptional today, and and again. The, the 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 two goals that he scored the set the, the the second goal his second goal it reminded me and I, I've been trying to think who it was it was a header like that in a an old firm game was it was it Gascoigne scored a header uh, the ball got played out wide and Gascoigne made a run into the box and put a header I think it was yeah, past, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe past Gordon Marshall yeah. and from memory and it and it was it was just so similar to that that you see guys getting into the box there you you look at you know Celtic Elanusi should have scored but but he was he was almost like concentrating on how am I going to head this and and you know even to an extent Turnbull with the diving header it was almost like where am I going to put this instead just sticking his head through the ball and actually saying if I put my head through the ball properly this is going in the back of the net and nobody's stopping it and I thought I thought it was an exceptional goal Someone else that had a, 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 an exceptional performance today Stuart and is, and is worth mentioning is, is Ryan Kent uh, I mean he's it, it, surely he should get to keep Greg Taylor for what he <laughs> done you know, in the touchline there you know Greg Taylor should be sitting in, in uh, Ryan Kent's trophy cabinet the night but he's someone, and, and, and on this show as well, uh, you know, at, at times, you know, we've, we've questioned him. And I, and I don't think it's so much the player, as always, it comes to how much we've paid for him. You know, and, and at times, seven million looked like maybe too much. But, you know, as we've said before, the thing with Ryan Kent is, is even when he doesn't play well, he occupies defences. I think it, it scares defences. And when he does play well, you, you get what you got today. I mean, he yeah. was he was unplayable at times today and he was everywhere. He's so hard working and I don't think he gets enough credit for the stuff that he does defensively. You know, when Rangers lose possession, if he's in the area, you know, he, he works to, to, to get that ball back. When he, when he, when he skinned Greg Taylor with the, the, the fancy shuffle to skip past him, Laxalt was already on his third pint of pina colada at that point in time, he was still celebrating the fact that he wasn't playing in that game because yeah. he was taking an absolute roasting as well. The Sky Sports coverage, it showed you his, the, the kind of touch map, 65 touches or 64 touches he had of the ball, all over the pitch, all over the pitch. And that is what you're looking for from somebody who plays the game 
like Ryan Kent. He's two-footed. He can attack from from anywhere. If you look where the, the, the first McGregor foul took place, it was centre midfield. He's going looking for the ball. And when he's in that mood, and I've, been, I've criticised him in the past, you know, you're the winger. And, I, and I've said it on, on here before. I remember an old firm game as soon as his first season when David Cooper was playing. And Soonest, midway through the game, said, here's the ball, you're the fucking winger. And just kicked it to him and, and, and asked him to go and do something. And that's yeah. what Ryan Kent's, Kent's performance was today. He went looking for the ball. He was so effective. And he also runs with the ball and is able to change direction so quickly that defenders must have their heart in their mouth because they know that the, the, the least we touch, he's down. And if they don't read it right, he's passed them. And I thought I thought it was exceptional. The whole thing about seven million quid, seven million quid is big money for Rangers, and it was yeah. big money for Rangers to splash out on a player who had a decent enough season when he was here on loan. Seven million pound buys you an average mid-table player in the English Championship. So let let's get let's get that. Probably right. It's not like, you know, but £7 million today, where Rangers are at, is comparable with, you know, spending £6 million on Michael Ball or, you know, or, or um, whoever it might be 20 years ago. It's big, big bucks. And and I think in, 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 in terms of what Rangers have got this far, I think he's now starting to pay dividends. You see that, and it's a, it's appeared, or oh, he's now worth twenty million quid. He's only worth twenty million quid on one that somebody comes up and says, "I'll give you twenty million quid for him." And the other one is if Rangers want to sell him. Yeah, I mean, I think he will go eventually. I think that's part of the plan, you know. And I think that was part of the investment. Rangers were investing that money in the hope that they would, they would recoup it. But I think, I think is the is the longer he's been here. The, the more he's, he's shown his he's true worth to us, you know what I mean? And when he's on form like he was today, and he, and he tends to be in form in the bigger games, you know, he is a big game player, there's no doubt about that. And today, I mean, I can't mind who it was that tried to get the shirt off his back, but, you know, ripped a big hole. Ellen, they say, just grabbed him. That's, just grabbed him. That's, that's a sign. That's a sign of someone that's just... Desperation. I mean, desperation. Of desperation. I can't, can't live with this guy, so I'm just going right. to pull at him. You know what I mean? Uh now, from from someone that played exceptionally well, Ross, uh, to someone who enjoyed—well, I would say enjoyed—is pushing it. Uh, someone who endured his final Glasgow derby, uh, Brunette Scott Brown. Now, I mean, you know, we've all we've all had to love with Scott Brown over the last few years, turning up to play against substandard Rangers teams and and strutting about the place as if he owned it. I was looking at his record today since Stephen Gerrard turned up in in, in league games alone. Uh, you know, I think it's played 10, uh, won three, and suffered six defeats and one draw. And that, to me, that sums up Scott Brown. You know what I mean? He was he was very, very good at sort of bullying, you know, your Ian Blacks and all that kind of thing when we had an absolute Shelley aside. But the minute he, he's been met with any sort of competition, you know, even at the early stage of uh, Gerrard's, you know, reign at Ibrox, you know, the, the, the first... The first season, you know, won two all firm games and we lost two all firm games. So even then, he's went for, you know, bullying folk and thinking he's to be his knees to, to coming out of these games 50 50. And he's not really done anything at Ibrook since Gerard arrived, you know what I mean? And I must admit, it, it probably got the fifth biggest cheer of the day when he went off the day. Me and the boy were up giving it a loud day, you know, applauding him off the field. And I would imagine it was a scene that was uh, repeated all around Scotland amongst the blue half of Glasgow, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, quite funny. Um, a fitting end to that fitting man's end. career because yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And I, look, I'm not. I'm not going to waste too much of our time talking about Scott Brown, of course. But um, it, there's no better way of saying it than, than as you, you said. It's it's all well and good dominating against Ian Black and you know some of the some of the dross that we've put out. Um, your 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 rust. So Martins and your Joe Worrells and your David Bates and and that kind of caliber of player and I, I and I, I don't mean any disrespect to those players but to be to be brutally honest we have better players now and those were not yeah. good enough players to to um to come up against Celtic and and, and pose a threat so 
it's all well and good strutting about and being a, a club legend when there is no challenge, whether that's quite literally no challenge because we're not in the league or no challenge because we don't actually represent a challenge when we're back. And you're right, once as soon as a challenge comes along, he's he's done a runner. He's run away. And I think the only way for me to sum it up is what's my abiding memories of Scott Brown going to be? And my abiding memories of Scott Brown will not be him bossing football pitches or, or being a hard man or wearing a t-shirt when it's snowing. That's not my memory. My memories of Scott Brown will be firstly him passed out in the street with a kebab, followed by him I've sitting... I've got from there. We've all been there, Ross. Aye, we've all been there, I know. <laughs> Especially Stuart with his copperbergs. Um, so him passed out in the street with a kebab, him sitting in the Ibrick stand today, looking like he was about to burst into tears. And then... Again, him today being nutmegged by Morelos for a goal and him being nutmegged two years ago by Ryan Jack for a goal. Those are my memories of Scott Brown and I'm quite happy with those memories of Scott yeah. Brown. So away you go yeah. to Aberdeen Let's and I'm looking forward to him putting himself on against us next season and embarrassing himself again because he's not got the skill. If he was that good a player, he'd have taken a chance and gone to England. He would have done because we've seen plenty of talented players move to England and, and, and give it a go but he was happy enough to build a career as some faux plastic hard man bossing a league that had no competition. And that's his legacy. And that's it. That's it. That's, I think that's all there is to say about him. My, my two favourite memories of Scott Brown are when he missed that penalty in the, the semi-final against a, 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 a championship Ranger Aye. side. And a couple of weeks ago when... When Ryan Kent went that way and, and he went that way, I, that, that's another uh, abiding memory of Scott Brown. But I, I must admit, I had a wee chuckle to myself, uh, and I, th- I think we're entitled to do it. You know, he's chucked enough of it about over the last, you know, seven or eight years or, or however long. You know, so now he's getting it back, and uh, aye, I'm quite enjoying it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sure. icing on the cake today. You know, five minutes to go or something like that. Stephen Gerrard sticks on Jermaine Defoe, and I think it was obvious he was just sticking him on. Yeah, in the hope that he would get a goal, because there's, there's probably a good possibility that this could be a, a Defoe's last season. And sure enough, last kick of the ball, he twists the blood of, of Stephen Welsh. He turns him inside out, uh, and 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 just passes the ball and you know into the into the far corner. And the look in Defoe's face, it really did. It, was, it really was icing on the cake for me because he genuinely looked like. He had achieved an ambition that, you know, since he's been here, I think he's wanted a goal in, in, in an all fun game. Uh, and he done it. And, he, and even the bench, the way the bench reacted, the, yeah. the way his teammates reacted, you could tell it meant something to him. And it really was. It just topped the day off lovely. I've, I, I've said it on here a couple of times. I think Jermaine Defoe and what he has added to the Rangers squad, not just in terms of his experience as a player, but also in terms of what he's added to speaking to players and telling them what is expected of them and how they go about achieving that, I think has been absolutely colossal, been absolutely immense for Rangers. And it's almost like, you know, it's almost like Stephen Gerrard probably has a shop steward um, doing his bidding for him, uh, you know, on the shop floor and saying, this is what we need to do. Rangers are, Rangers are a team who have been rudderless and leaderless about three years ago to suddenly having a team of leaders and guys who are not frightened to, to tell each other when they go wrong or what they should be doing. And the first one of these guys that actually leads by example, and, and, and I think you're right, the expression on his face was utterly priceless. I, I, I only wish it's a bit like watching Manchester United the other night there when Cavani scored those guys have put a lot into football and you you want to see them enjoy themselves when they they get a goal and, and you want to see the, kind of, the, the, the crowd that's there actually celebrating when they get a goal and I, and I, and I feel sorry for somebody like the 40 get that goal today and not have you know, 50,000 yeah. in the stadium celebrating that goal for what it was worth because it was absolute quality. He he had a confined space to work in. He knew how he was going to work the ball on his, his left foot to get the shot away and he had a limited space to where he was going to put the shot and he didn't try and blast it. It was almost like Jimmy Greaves-esque 
I'm yeah. just going to pass this into the into the the goal, and the fact that Trundle did almost in slow motion, I think, just added to the to the beauty of the goal. As Ross said earlier, when four different types of goals, but every one of them uh, a, a mini classic, and I thought the Defo- the goal was absolutely brilliant, and and the the response of his teammates and the response to the bench. Steve, if Steven Gerrard had scored that goal in front of the cop, I don't think he would have been any happier than what he was when Defoe scored that goal because that was that was Defoe's payback time for coming to Rangers. I, I, I should point out, I thought Hadji's pass in the, in the build-up to it was, was, was superb as well. You know that? Because, you know, I think it was Sorrell that gave the ball away. Davis, one touch to Hadji. Hadji, one touch uh, to Defoe. To and at one point, Ross, I thought it, it, his pace was going to let him down. You know, he wasn't going to get his shot away, but he's, you know, he's twisted him and turned him and then managed to get the shot away. He has. And Hadji's pass, I, I absolutely agree. It was a wonderful assist. And Hadji, again, makes himself available for the, uh, you know, almost like a one-two or a given go. And, and Hadji would have had the opportunity. But, you know, it's, it's Jermaine Defoe and he gets into the box and he twists and he turns and he, he screws Stephen Welsh into the pitch like a high school cheerleader after prom. Oh, and it's, oh look at that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I've been working on that, um, but it was wonderful. And it, you it, did it work very hard, <laughs> right? That's that's no talk sport material, is it, Stuart? Um, no, no. I'll <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a wonderful goal, and it was. I think I think Stuart's absolutely right. You, that boy has scored goals at, at every level. He's scored goals. Um, you know, one of the top goal scorers in the Premier League in Europe for his country. Um, natural born goal scorer and that goal meant something to him you could see that uh, it was it was a hell of a reaction it was a hell of a goal um, wonderful play from Hadji and Jermaine Defoe doing what Jermaine Defoe does he's been on the pitch for five minutes I think we all probably know there's a wee bit of subtext with Defoe this season that he's probably not happy at how few opportunities he's had because he does have a record of scoring pretty much in every other game and considering for him a game is pretty much 10 or 15 minutes if he's yeah. if he's lucky. He very, very rarely starts. So he has an excellent goal-scoring return. His goals per minutes must be, you know, it must be quite staggering. I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is, but it, it, it must be really, really impressive. So that goal meant something to him today. And I think we probably all expect he won't be with us next season. Um, I think if, if that's the case, he probably knows that by now. Um, what a way to, to sign off if that's the case. And... Um, if this is it, if that's the last we see of Defoe or if that's the last we see of Defoe scoring for Rangers, um, I think he's he's done exactly what he was brought in to do. He scored some excellent goals. Uh, he scored some important goals. He's contributed magnificently and um, been, a, a, I think, a really kind of admirable servant in, in the Rangers' colours. So a really, really nice way for, for the, the game to end today. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but there's a difference in my mind between three one and four one. Three one oh, is a is is a win, but four one is a is a convincing win. Four one is is verging on pumping. Four one is verging on battering. So, um, quite satisfying to to kind of tip into that territory. Just no, just, no, on, no, just, sorry, just pumping. Yeah, but just just on on, on the four. I mean, I tweeted something saying, and it was it was almost like a, a second before he scored the goal. Giving the four run out is overloading on the sprinkles, and then he goes and scores. And somebody replied saying, "Remarkable to think his league medal will only be the second winner's medal in his long career." Yeah, which um, you know, I, I, and I replied to that. I think basically I had a discussion earlier on this or last last week with somebody. I think that goes to goes to show you what uh, a, a team player he is, almost one of the ultimate team players who, okay, he's a, had a fantastic career and he's done some wonderful things, but the fact of the matter is that it, it's he's almost a guy who's contributed more to other teams than he has his own career just because of the performance level he's, he's achieved, the goals that he's scored. I mean, he scores one a, a goal every two games, which is is. is pretty remarkable in itself but I, I, I do think that you know wherever he goes at the end of this season or, or if he gets another another season out of Rangers or wh- whatever happens to him that that guy is going to be an asset to another football club or a football club somewhere simply on how much he's got stashed away in his brain from what he's learned over the years 
Yeah, we need to disagree. Uh, and I, and I, I mean, I, I, part of me thinks he will go. I think there's a good chance that, you know, I think Ross makes a good point that I, I think Defoe himself is frustrated that he's not getting enough game time. Uh, but part of me thinks that, it, you know, it, I, I think he's involved quite heavily, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. And there might be a wee chance that, 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 that he stays. And I would, you know, depending on the terms and all the rest of it, I would I would be happy for that. Guys, conscious of time now, uh, you know, that's us. We've, we've done the hour. It's always a quick hour when we pump that mob across the road. So that's us. Uh, so a big thanks to Ross and Stuart for their contributions uh, tonight. Excellent stuff from them, as always. Uh, we'll have a show next Sunday. Obviously, no, no game next week uh, because... It's the Scottish Cup semi-finals next week, I believe. The next game is uh, Levy on the 12th of May. So we'll have a show next Sunday. Uh, but, you know, I'll probably be previewing the, the, the two games coming up. Is that uh, tournament still on? Ah, nobody's bothered with that anymore. You know what I mean? It's all about the undefeated stuff, Stuart. That's what it's all about now. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. In the meantime, guys, as I say every week, stay safe, look after yourselves. Uh, and until next time, bye for now.